Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. So I'm late. I promised you guys that we were going to have a Wizards after dark right after the draft or in the worst case scenario the next morning. And it is 3.18 p.m. right now on Thursday, the day after the draft. And I'm recording this thing right now. But I promise we have a good excuse. Uh, You are fortunately this is the first podcast in the history of humanity that's recorded not by humans, but by actual zombies because that's what we are right now and the uh, the zombie i have on the other end of the skype line who cannot be held accountable for anything that he says in this state that he is in like like is ben standing who is already grumpy <laughs> and i imagine is going to turn into an, an actual curmudgeon during during this recording um yeah, I, I, my, my, my natural state is not far from grumpy, and yes, it is uh, feeling a bit sleep deprived, running around, doing my day job covering the Washington football team, my own podcast, and here we are because, yeah, the um, has the league. I, I actually don't even know has the league finalized the Cassius Winston trade because that's yes. the reason why the, the, the Tommy Shepard couldn't talk until literally like at two thirty in the morning. Yes, so so they did finalize it. We'll talk about that briefly. We have we have more newsworthy things to talk about in a second. But yeah, the reason why I didn't get you guys a podcast after the draft, like I was originally hoping on doing, is I lined up Ben to come on the podcast, and Ben so graciously accepted to do a late recording with me, which I figured would be sometime around 1230 or so. The draft would end at 12. Maybe Tommy Shepard takes a little bit to do his press conference. He talks for 10 minutes, then we're good to go and record right after, and then I'll, I'll write and stay up late writing like I always end up doing in those situations anyway. And then what ends up happening is Tommy can't comment on a trade if it hasn't legally been approved by the league yet. Otherwise, that's that's tampering. An executive can't talk about a player who's not in his team. So they were sitting there waiting for the league to approve the trade the Wizards made where they traded the 37th pick for the 53rd pick, or the, what ended up being the 37th pick and Admiral Schofield for the 53rd pick and a 2024 first rounder, which is coming from Memphis, or a second rounder, I should say, which is coming from Memphis. I'm actually not sure of the protections on that one right now. Uh, it's okay. I don't think that'll ruin the podcast. And uh, the league kept telling the Wizards, trade will be approved soon, it'll be approved soon, and the Wizards were keeping us informed for timing of the press conference, and it just got to 2.30, and the league said, you know what, it's late, we'll approve it at noon tomorrow. And we did the press conference and didn't talk about him anyway. So you... Uh, there were some troopers last night. We were all staying till two thirty, and Ben was just like, "I am out. I am not podcasting with you right now." And I was like, "Me too. We will do this thing tomorrow." So we got the podcast now. We've got we have Ben. We got news. Like we got we got real things to talk about. Um, we're gonna talk of Dia, and, and we're obviously gonna talk about the Wall Westbrook stuff that that Shams reported a couple of days ago, which I haven't talked about in the podcast yet, and I did write a story about. 
it's up on the athletic DC along with an Avdia story of how the wizards discovered him and Sam Vecini analysis on him and his fit with the wizards and just a bunch of other stuff. You know, I still have an off season preview that's up right now, which is very comprehensive. And obviously there's a lot of draft stuff, but a lot of free agency stuff too. And free agency starts tomorrow. Ben, let's go with Avdia first. Um, Reactions. Wizards took him at nine for those who are somehow listening to a niche Wizards podcast, but don't know who they drafted. I don't think there's any overlap there. Ben. Well, for what it, for what it's worth, I didn't know that they traded Admiral Schofield till you just said that. Cause like I said, I didn't know that the trade went through. So that's not the big news, but I I, I was like, Oh wait, what? That, 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 that was new to me. Um, but that's uh, not the, the story of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, you know, this, I've said before on, on my own podcast and probably here before that this was not a year for me where I was really like deep diving into the NBA draft. I didn't watch as much college basketball per normal. There was no NCAA tournament. The the, the draft is overlapping with me covering the NFL team. And so I, I didn't, you know, I, I tried over the last few days to get a sense of what was happening. And, you know, I, you had the first three picks in the draft. We didn't know the order, right? You had Edwards. You had Wiseman and you had uh, Lamella Ball. And then it felt like every mock draft had Denny going fourth or fifth. So I didn't like think about him too much, but I was curious as a uh, you know, guy from Israel. You you and I are uh, bar mitzvah boys and all that. So I was sort of curious. <laughs> and when I started to talk to people around the league about it, I kept finding people were saying, yeah, five, four or five seems rich. Like to me, he would be out you know, on my personal big board, like maybe closer to where the Wizards are, maybe outside the top 10. So I started thinking about it more and it, and it made sense. Like Tommy Shepard is known to really scout the international game. Uh, you know, th- th- this kid, he's skilled. He can pass. I love front court passers. Uh, o- always a, o- always a, a plus for me. And it kind of made sense that it could happen. The matter was just, you know, would he fall? He did. They took him. And, you know, as I think you pointed out, they didn't go with the some obvious screaming need. They took a guy who, you know, they already have Hachimura, and presumably they'll keep Davis Burton. So they have forwards. Um, you know, if you want to include Troy Brown in that, okay. So now they have another guy. And, uh, you know, I think his skill set's interesting. That shot's definitely got to get better. You can't shoot less than 60% from the free throw line if you're not Shaq. <laughs> um, you know, so so that part's a bit concerning, but we'll see how, how that unfolds. So I think it's an intriguing pick. I, I I don't think anybody they had taken to that spot. I'd have been like, wow, what a home run, because this draft is, is so much about the future with almost every single player in it. There's not a lot of guys except for a second round pick like they had like in Cassius Winston, a guy who's who played college four years and, and could probably come in and help to some degree right off the bat. But yeah, I think I think this is a really interesting pick and. You know, uh, I, that that shot's got to improve. I think that's one thing I always think you can. we see guys over the years improve with that. So I'd rather have a guy who has great instincts and has to work on the shot than the other way around. The other way around doesn't work. So I'll take the, the, the wonky shot to fix, but that's the thing that's got to get fixed, and then we'll see how he fits in. Yeah, so I don't really have my own personal opinions on him yet. Like, I, I, I looked into more people. I didn't really... I know the Wizards didn't expect him to fall. They were thrilled. Scott Brooks was was giddy. So was Tommy Shepard. I mean, they were thrilled that he fell to them. They had him. I think they had him really high on their draft board. I I can't pinpoint a number for you, but it was high. It was they didn't have him at nine. It's not like they had him at seven. Like I can't pinpoint a number, but they had him high. Uh, and. I think they were really excited, and I didn't have him there because I just didn't expect him. 
to fall that far. I thought he'd be gone by the time we got to nine. I just did not think he'd he'd be there at all. Uh, they were once he came to them, they were just like, yeah. I mean, this is this is the guy. It was very clear, at least to me, that you know. I mean, they outwardly said it, but just by their reactions and and based on where he was on their board, I mean, I I do believe that they considered it. Tommy Shepard called it a no brainer in his press conference. I. I do believe that they considered it a no-brainer. I don't think there was very much hesitation on the pick at all. And, you know, I don't have my own really personal opinions on him. I know what he is. I know what people says he is. I know what people say he can be and the weaknesses of the shot and, and uh, you know, the strengths of the fact that, like, there are people who see defensive upside with him, some switchiness. Obviously, the number one strength is the fact that somebody that big can be a facilitator and ball handler to the degree that he seems like he might be able to be. And he has these flashes where it's like, you know, I was talking to somebody today where they're like, he's got flashes where you're like, whoa, that looked like a dude who's like a primary facilitator who is running an offense. That was just gorgeous from a teenager to be able to make a play like that with the way that he handles. And he's a wonderful passer. That being said, I just haven't seen enough to really develop those strong takes of fit and all and, and and those kinds of nuances. I promise I will be doing a lot of watching over the next week or so between trying to report on and write about free agency and the rest of the roster building and the season starting in like less than two weeks until the scheduled start of training camp right now, which is just bonkers. The fact that we're starting when they're going to be, you know, 200,000 new cases a day is its own thing. I mean, that's that's insanity that that is lining up that way. Uh, but even so, like this offseason is so scrunched um, and there is so much other stuff <laughs> coming. Uh, you know how I said I was going to lose my mind on this podcast, how my brain was fried from being up till 5 a.m. every single night for the last 12 weeks. This is what's happening right now, Ben. I'm just rambling. This is well. Uh- I, should we have no. should we should we have this edited out? No, no, no. This is a, this is this is the good I, stuff. Um, I lost. Wait, let me finish. I remember what I was gonna say. I remember what I was gonna say. I was going to say, but I do have people. I don't have my own opinions, but I do have people whose opinions that I trust. And I spoke to a lot of talent evaluators, like a number of talent evaluators. Either spoke on the phone with a couple and and texted with a number more, and just like, what are your thoughts? What do you think? I'd be at nine. The range of answers that I got were something that Mike Schmitz said on the ESPN broadcast, steal of the draft. That is an unbelievable value pick. I think he's going to be one of the three or four best players from this draft, and they got him at nine. What an unbelievable pick. That's my favorite pick of the draft. That was one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum was not... I, I mean, no one was knocking it. The other end of the spectrum was, yeah, I don't really love him. I'm lower on him than the average person, probably. Uh, I didn't really love him going into the draft. Uh, but that was really when I was thinking he was going to be a top five pick. And at nine, like, that's that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. That's fine. So when when the people who are, who are you know, the lowest on it are like, that's a perfectly fine pick at nine. And the people who are the highest are loving it. Like, that's, that's a good range. No one's going to universally love a number nine pick. That's not how it works. I mean, otherwise, he wouldn't be a number nine pick. So I thought that was encouraging. Uh, I think it's going to come down to his jump shot, honestly. Like, that's what I think it is. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, just in, in listening to you sort of ramble there and, and talk about, <laughs> talk about 12 like, different topics that are totally irrelevant to what we're talking about now. But like, no, but you mentioned the season and I think this is you know important, right? I mean, for how, what, what is he? 19? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all these guys are 12 years old, right? Okay. So he's young. So there's that. Now he's got a, he's coming from another country here. So there's an adjustment that's going to happen there. He's going to have literally no time to make that adjustment. He's going to have to come over and really assimilate immediately with people he doesn't know in a country he doesn't know in a league he doesn't know. The, the, the step up from, um, from, from, the, from Israel, from the EuroLeague is, is, is notable. Um, you know, he doesn't get Summer League. And, you know, the Wizards are like all these teams, like they're going to, you know, hey, they, they need to get going. They need to get off to a fast start. They need to, you know, there's a lot going on here. Obviously, John Wall coming back from his injury, you know, top of the list of things that are going to be different. And how are you going to, how is this kid going to get acclimated? So I'm not trying to like set the bar low, but I do think on some level, it, you know, probably with a lot of these rookies, but this one maybe in, in particular, it's really going to be fascinating to see how well he can acclimate immediately. And, you know, the look, Scott Brooks also has a history of not really leaning into the young players uh, that, that much. So I don't know how much he's actually going to be a factor this season, but his development obviously is going to be, you know, something to watch. And, um, you know, to, to your, to the point of your, you know, the, the range of, of, of opinions. I mean, I didn't talk to tons of people, but I talked to a few and, yeah, I definitely had a lot of, yeah, I don't know that I like him as much as others, but like you said, that, that may have been a function of him pick, being picked or projected in the top four or five. Um, one, one thing I heard was, you know, he is, because he played professionally for multiple years, he has more of a baseline than a lot of these other players. You know, James Wiseman played a, a literally a handful, a small handful of games at, at Memphis and, and, uh, uh, you, you know, Lamelo Ball didn't play a ton over in Australia, and so on and so on. So at least people saw this kid play. He does have some things. You know, you can't. I, I always believe the instincts. You cannot teach that stuff. That the great passing is not something you can really learn. You have it, kind of, or you don't. He's got the good stuff, but that shot. You know, if they're going to give him the David Adkins and say, "Go ahead, work on this," you know, how how quickly can that even happen when you don't have a lot of time? So it'll be interesting to see how this how this works. Uh, in the short term, but definitely a long-term play. You got to have to, does everybody have patience is kind of what I'm trying to say one way or the other with this kid. Yeah. I mean, look, the wizards went into the draft, didn't even go into the draft. Tommy Shepard said in a Reddit AMA eight and a half months ago or whatever, this is such a 2020 way to do media, right? Like I'm reporting off of what the GM said in a Reddit AMA. Tommy Shepard said in a Reddit AMA, like eight and a half months ago that, the Wizards draft philosophy was to they were going to select the best available player. They weren't going to draft based off a need. And uh, that is definitely what they did. They didn't draft off a need. They they had a guy who was number one on their board. They believed him to be the best available player. And that is exactly what they took. You know, there were D.A. asked David Aldridge asked a couple of questions last night to Brooks and to Shepard about his kind of skill set redundancies with Rui. I, I'm i interested to look into that concept more because if he's really a playmaker, that that changes things a little bit. Uh, now, you need him to learn how to shoot the three, too. You, you need that if he and Rui are going to be part of your future because I don't know if you can have a non-shooting four, a non-shooting three, 
Well, I shouldn't say I don't know if you can have. You can't have a non-shooting four, a non-shooting three, and if John Wall is just going to shoot the exact same way he always has from three, that's not going to suffice in the modern game. It's going to be too easy to guard, so you got to find ways to do that. Now, when we talk about redundancies with Rui and him, I don't mean that positionally. It's, as they say, a positionless league, but you still need complementary skill sets out there. And if everybody has the same strengths and everybody has the same weaknesses, then that's when a team has glaring holes. That's, that's you know, when people talk about the team that plays cohesively, my strengths fill in for your weaknesses, and that's what it is. Uh, Advia is going to have to fill in. He's going to have to fill in some of those things. We're going to need to see him play more in order to figure figure out what the holes are going to be, but it's intriguing. And some people, some people love the pick. I mean, look, I think it's plausible. He starts at the three at some point this year, right? Like it's got to be plausible. They don't have any threes right now. And I, I would be the least shocked person in the world if they signed a three when free agency starts on Friday or sometime after that. I mean, that wouldn't be surprising at all, but Bonga is there only three? And so if they go into camp and they don't bring in another, when I say three, I'm really just talking about like a true wing. When they, if they don't bring in another like true wing, because Bradley Beal's a combo card and Troy Brown's a combo guard and John Wall's a point guard and Rui is a four and Bertans is a four five and Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner are definitive fives. And if you don't bring in another wing, like he really does have a chance to get a legitimate amount of minutes at that position. So I could see him. I mean, the, the Wizards did give time to young players last year. Like I could see him getting time, although it's extremely possible that they end up signing a wing in free agency. And, and, and you know, my take on this adjusts depending on um, what they do in free agency. But by the way, can I just say this? I was just looking at Twitter really quick. And this is where we're at now when you draft a kid uh, from Israel, uh, Glenn Consor, the radio uh, analyst for the Wizards broadcast. He, he tweeted out a, 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 a podcast he went on with somebody over in Israel. It's called the Sports Rabbi Podcast. Mm, I know the Sports Rabbi Podcast. Well, there you go. So uh, this is where we're, this is where uh, this is where we're at here. You know, um, we're 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 like. What? We're recording this at three o'clock. They drafted him at like 10 o'clock last night. So we're we're about 17 or 18 hours into the the Denny Avia uh, era. And were you on his not his press conference this afternoon, his press conference last night that he did right after the draft. So he did a press conference during the draft, like virtually, obviously did a press conference during the draft. And, you know, he is obviously the. He is the highest drafted Israeli ever, and he's he has got to be the highest drafted Jewish player, like in the modern era, right? I mean, there were there were Jewish players in like the forties and fifties who maybe were drafted higher, but I I can't think of a Jewish player who would have been drafted in the top ten. Like we would know about that, right? Two Jews doing a podcast, like we would totally know that. That's what yeah, this, this I, podcast is called, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, I think uh, and my dad used to always talk about Dolph Shays. And I don't know where he was picked, or he, you know, I don't even know if there was a draft. But that's in the fifties. I mean, he's yeah, drafted yeah, yeah, no, like nineteen. You. You know, what? When's he drafted? Nineteen forty-eight or 19, right? Jordan, like yeah, Jordan, Far- Jordan Farmar was late first. Uh, like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you. He might, he may have, he may have been. Um, 
look, I'm ex- I'm uh, I'm excited, and you know, I talked about this on uh, on my podcast uh, when I was recapping the the day in the Washington football team with, with somebody. Then we also jumped into this. You know, look, the, the, the Ted Leonsis, he's taking over the world. Last year was Japan. Now he's getting Israel. They already have Latvia. Uh, they are uh, they're going. They for got it, two you know? German players. Right, right. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I don't. I have to look at the draft next year, not from co- what college somebody goes to, but what country somebody's from. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. They got to keep, uh, keep going. Well, number one, that's on brand for Tommy Shepard, and, and something that I wrote about for this morning at the Athletic DC. And if you are not an Athletic subscriber, as I always say, you can sign up at a discounted rate at theathletic.com/slash/wizards-after-dark. You can sign up again, discounted rate, and that gets you a full access subscription to The Athletic, not just my work and Ben's work, not just The Athletic DC, but everything. You get every single sport, every single team, all that. You get your full subscription at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, and you get that for a discounted price if you sign up over there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. But my story that I have up there is, is how much, how many resources. It's not just that Tommy Shepard likes international scouting it's that they have poured resources into international and pro personnel scouting since Tommy Shepard took over you know last year when they did the draft Tommy was an interim and they didn't have those resources they hadn't configured their front office yet and the way that it's configured you know people talk about Sashi Brown coming in and Daniel Medina coming in and that structure where where Brown runs the kind of administrative operational stuff and Medina runs medical and Shepard runs basketball ops and they're all on an equal plane in the hierarchy. None reports to the other. People talk about that as like the big change and Ted Leontes called that structuring the way of the new NBA when he made that hire. But that to me was only part of it. You know, John Thompson got big big flair when they brought him in. But they also did something about a month later where they split their scouting department in two. And they started to, they didn't start to form. They did form a pro personnel scouting department. They hired a guy named Johnny Rogers from the Clippers and who also used to work for the Thunder, who was tremendously well-respected in international scouting. When they hired him, the thing I got from him was they know everyone. And Tommy Shepard's big thing Like one of his biggest strengths as a general manager, I think, is that he also knows everyone. Everyone knows Tommy in the basketball world. I mean, I don't think I've ever met a basketball person who's like, yeah, you know, I've never met Tommy Shepard. Tommy has had a a conversation with every single person and every single person has his number and he's accessible and reachable. And I think Tommy has tried to implement that philosophy into the way they scout. And he's gotten people who are like minded in that sense. Uh. 
I was talking to somebody, you know, I know, I don't, I don't want to say the name of the scout, but about another one of their scouts who does a lot of international work for them. And the first thing the person said, I asked him, what do you think of him as a scout? And he said, well, he just knows everybody. Like he knows every single person in the world. I'm like, yep, that sounds like the wizard's philosophy. So just having these connections and getting all of these, these bits of intel, people think of scouting is just, okay, I look at that guy and he's here he needs to work on his jump shot. So I don't like him as much or he's a great passer. So I really like him. And people think of that as scouting, but the connections, being able to know people, being able to get intel and background and all these things on these people, that's that's very important and I think they've implemented that. By the way, I cut myself off in the middle of my point, which as I said, I was going to say my the greatest moment of the last 24 hours is when Denny was on his press conference after the draft. And some reporter asked or just prefaced her question by telling him that it was her bat mitzvah anniversary, <laughs> which isn't a thing anyone celebrates, by the way, but just said it was the, it's the anniversary of my bat mitzvah. And I was like, that's where we're going with this. That's her <laughs> people just going to announce their they, what they're doing for Sukkot every single time they ask him a question. Right. For, for what it's worth. <laughs> My bar mitzvah anniversary is a week from today. Intentional dead air on that one. Oh, no. So, you know what? I, I, I actually had a mute. Can you hear me? Yeah. I had a mute error. Uh, I was saying that, uh, ironically enough, my bar mitzvah. Oh, no, 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 no. I heard you. I was, oh, you, oh, I was you heard me and you said dead air. Because you, giving you dead air because. You were, you, oh, my bad. I get Because it. such content. Serious? Yeah, Those content uh, uh, deserves dead air. Uh, we got anything else on our via because we do have a little bit of a heart out in about 10 minutes and both of our brains have fallen apart here. Uh, and I want to talk about wall. You want to get into wall stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, I need to watch more tape. He's interesting. Uh, we'll see what we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're thinking, oh, no, free agency starts on Friday and they're recording this and really not talking about free agency at all. I did a big off-season preview podcast, which you can check out. It's the episode before this one. Just go on whatever podcast app you listen to this on. Just go to the previous episode, and you'll see I did a big episode. I spoke to Jonathan Wasserman about the draft. Obviously, you don't have to listen to that part. You can skip ahead to the free agency section, which I did with Danny LaRue, my colleague over at The Athletic, who specializes in salary cap stuff, and, and that's really what his expertise is in, so he was perfect to have on for an off-season preview, and we talked about that. I had Danny on second, so we talked it. I want to say, you know what? It's in the description of the episode. You'll see it there. It's like the 37-minute marker. If you if you haven't listened to that yet, you can, you know, it doesn't matter that the draft happened. Everything we talked about in there is just as relevant today as it was then. But I will add, we have a new thing to talk about because it's Thursday right now, and two days ago, Sham Sharania uh, shook up all of our timelines by saying that the Wizards and Rockets have discussed a John Wall for Russell Westbrook swap, um, just have discussed, and that there's no traction yet, uh, and uh, that the Rockets wanted more assets, I think was how he phrased it, more assets. I have no update on that report beyond what he said. But let's 
talk about this because I wrote something about it also up on the Athletic DC that night about how we all called John's contract untradeable, and that's the word that got thrown around. And everyone called Chris Paul's contract contract untradeable, and everybody called Bismack Biombo's contract untradeable, and everybody called Russell Westbrook's contract untradeable, and all those guys got traded, and Russ might get traded twice. What is your reaction to that report? Well, uh, you know, I guess there's a lot of ways to do it. First of all, you know, what does a conversation mean, right? Is it just as the way Tommy Shepard sort of phrased it pre-draft that, hey, every, you talk to everybody around the league about everybody and it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, some team calls you up and says, hey, what do you think about this guy? And you say, oh, he's great. We're not, you know, not looking to trade him. Does that mean you just talked about a trade, so to speak? Or or, or what, is, what does that mean? Um, that said, look, if you're the Wizards, I I think they I think the T- Tommy Shepard tacking towards Bradley Beal as the as the focal point of this team is the accurate approach. And if that means on some level that it's all it's a sign that maybe that John Wall's fallen out of favor somewhat because of what's happened in the offseason. You know the, the the two videos essentially the the one video um, uh, where, where he's at a party and the gang signs or whatever, and then the second thing which to me was kind of crazy the whole playing. Uh, playing spades during a live television television interview. If these things, on top of the the injury concerns or whatever, has led them to at least be more open to possibly seeing what's out there for him, I don't blame them in the, in the least. And you know, there's only so many places they can go. Trading him for a, for a guy like Westbrook would be an upgrade just based on we don't know where John Wall's health is and, and his physical ability is. But it obviously, it would be it would be a massive shakeup for the organization because he's the guy you have built around for the last decade and. Um, you know, it's 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 fascinating. I don't have a clue what they would have to give up to make this work. I had somebody in the league tell me that Houston would be crazy to even consider this unless the the, the hall, the return beyond wall is substantial. And if I'm the Washington, I, I don't really under, know that I would do that. It might be one thing for John Wall to to accept the fact that Bradley Beal is sort of the lead and play that way. Russell Westbrook's not doing that. <laughs> He's not accepting anything like that. So, so that aspect I think would be, a, would be somewhat challenging if, if you really are trying to build, uh, build around, um, around Beal. But I, I guess probably the biggest thing, even if nothing co- comes to this, there's no trade. There wasn't even that much. It wasn't even that serious. One of John Wall's flaws, I guess, is his ego. And that it can get bruised easily just based on how you hear him talk about disrespect throughout the years in various ways, Olympic teams, contracts, whatever. And how does he handle this hearing that possibly he was discussed in a trade if he stays? How does that go over? I think that to me is maybe the most interesting question. Um, It's worth noting. I don't know if you were going to say this, but and maybe I missed this if I did tell me. But at least as of last night, neither John Wall nor Bradley Beal had said anything on Twitter about Washington's first round pick. And, um, you know, that's kind of unusual in this era where all these guys say, hey, welcome to D.C. or whatever. So uh, I think that to me is the most interesting part, not even so much about the trade itself, because I don't I still don't know how that could happen. But what this does for John Wall, his mentality and, and, and this relationship with the organization, I think, is really fascinating. Yeah. Isn't that weird that they haven't said anything? And and by the way, we've had two availabilities with uh, uh, with, with Denny and. He said that he spoke to Brooks, he spoke to Shepard, and he did not say that he spoke to Beal and Wall. So kind of it is that that is kind of odd. 
I'm with you. That's like a little bit of a, well, why? That's kind of a weird thing. But also maybe we're, maybe we're bored and tired and home and alone and (laughs) and overanalyzing everything on that specific front. I, I don't think you're overanalyzing the relationship part with Wall. That to me, like, let's say nothing ever happens from this. They had a discussion and, and that was it. I mean, the thing that I find the most interesting just on that front is Bradley Beal is openly a part of all of the Wizards, all of the Wizards personnel decisions, right? Like he talks about that as being a very proud thing. And Tommy Shepard even said a couple of days ago that he goes to Brad and he goes to John and gets draft thoughts on them because both of them work very, very intimately with AAU basketball. So they have a lot of thoughts on these guys since they were, you know, young, since they were kids and Brad was working with them or John was working with them because they both are so involved in Brad has his own team. Like they're so involved in the AAU scene. And I'm not saying that this, like, I don't know that this happened, but if there were a John Wall trade, you can, you can bet that they'd ask Brad if he would do a John Wall trade. Like, of course. So that to me is like, I wonder what the reaction is when that happens. You know, like I I just wonder how that entire situation gets handled. Uh, It's it's kind of a it's just kind of, I guess, awkward is is the best way to put it. Like I would feel I would feel awkward about it if I were on the inside, even if nothing ends up materializing. And I, I mostly agree with your analysis of of the basketball side of it for what it's worth. Like. I think if I were Houston, I would like I I I would be asking for the for the pick as well. Like I don't have a problem with them asking for a pick on the side or or you know whatever. Like if it's Wall for Westbrook straight up, I mean I think I think Wall's worst case scenario is worse than Westbrook's worst case scenario. But that being said, Houston's also just not in a position of leverage. Westbrook has asked out is not happy and everybody knows it and is on the exact same contract as wall. He's like $300,000 less over the next three years. whoop de do a hundred thousand dollars a year. when it, when we're talking about 133 million, that's nothing. They both round up to 133 million, both contracts over the next three years. There's no money difference. And so Maybe it's more even in terms of like negotiations than I I think, but I I feel like Houston wouldn't want to do it unless they get a pick or a young guy. And if I'm the Wizards, I mean, Tommy Shepard has talked about and and he said to me in an interview I did with him last week and I wrote it and I believe I said it on my last podcast, which was don't judge. He said, judge me by my actions and his actions do say future looking, even who they drafted. Even the 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 uh, the Avdia pick, right? That is a that is a future looking pick. That's not hey we need a rim protector. We gotta just take the best rim protector available. That's not that. That's not at all what they did. They took the best player available. They drafted in a future looking way. So judge by his actions. A fair request as any. That is what I'll do. His actions say future looking. I don't think it's very future looking. You know, if Westbrook had one few one less year on his contract or something like that, Westbrook has two years left, Wall has one year left, then then it's different. Then you're freeing up space. 
you know, then then you you give up a you have to give up something because you're talking about a difference of forty seven million dollars. That's how much that player option in the last year of each of their deals is. So that's a massive difference. You're going to have to give up something to make up that difference in salary and the financial flexibility that comes with it. But uh, that's not the case. They both have three years left. Um, I don't think the Wizards would want my educate my my guess. Just knowing, not necessarily the inside information of what they're discussing, but more just knowing what their philosophies are, what Shepard says, how they like to conduct themselves. They they wouldn't want to give up a, a, a pick, you know? They wouldn't want to give up a future pick in, in a trade like that. So I think the discussions happened. I don't know how serious they were, and I don't know if it's going to turn into anything, but, you know... Two guys get talked about being swapped for each other. Man, we're still talking about the fact that the Yankees and Red Sox 70 or 80, like 80 years ago, almost flipped Joe DiMaggio for Ted Williams. Two guys almost get traded for each other or just get talked about getting traded for each other. It's that's that is interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, look, and 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 it's not just any trade. It's, you know, it's not just trading John Wall for something. It's for Russell Westbrook, a very, you know, obviously an incredibly talented player and a very polarizing player. And, you know, it, you know, even if everybody's cool with it, you know, you have no idea how that's going to unfold or maybe you do and you don't think it's going to unfold the good way. But, um, yeah, it, it's a uh, th- there's a lot there's a lot going on there. And, you know, I, I think. You know, to the broader picture of things changing with this organization, you talked about Tommy Shepard beefing up the scouting department. You know, we talked about Tommy Shepard has done some different things with how he assembled the roster last year. You know, he made some of these moves, uh, you know, where you took on somebody's salary to get some picks or, or, or took, you know, whatever it was. This is another example of that, right? Even the idea of possibly, if they did, really entertaining the idea of trading wall is a sign of, hey, we can't just allow people to hey, everybody has to be on the table to some degree. We can't just have, if we want to make changes, we have to make, you know, we have to have have everybody be accountable. And, um, you know, if in fact, Tommy Shepard, whether they made the trade or whether they made a a real attempt to to move him or not, and it's just now that it's it's out there, how does he handle this? I think that's going to be really fascinating to see from a a leadership standpoint uh, that happening. And for what it's worth, you know, if Tommy Shepard's going to keep this job long-term, these are the moments that probably on some level matter even more than the draft picks. The draft picks matter, but if you can't, you, know, you as we've seen over the years, you can bring in young players who are interesting. If you can't harness them, if you can't get them to follow the lead you want, then it's not, it's not going to work out as well. I have the same issue when I talk about the football team. You can have talent. You need to have guys who know what the, what they're doing. And, uh, and that comes from a lot of it is organizational structure. So, yeah, this is an, a very interesting moment to see what happened, what what really took place, and how how they come out of this. Anything to plug before we wrap up? Uh, you know, go follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. Read me on The Athletic. My own podcast, Standig Room Only, is on uh, iTunes and all those places. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, send coffee. That's all I got. All right. Um, follow Ben on Twitter. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Uh, if you are not already subscribed, you can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, what else we got? You can leave a review. See, I, I say this at the end of every podcast, Ben, and I literally am not remembering it. You can leave a review of Wizards After Dark. They, they, they you know, they help. They help more than you would think that they help. 
You can leave a really nice review. You can give us five stars too. And you can do all of that on iTunes. How about that? Leave a review. Yeah, Tell that, your friends. That, that's part of that's part of my in, my standard intro. I, I figure I'm going to cut it off at some point since I've only had the pod like less than a month. I got to keep mentioning that now, but uh, yeah, it's important. Apparently, these things matter to the world uh, to the world of uh, iTunes and who follows yes. uh, and how you find things. So yes, Ben, I reviews. say this at the end of every episode, and I I just I can't remember. And uh, if you want to subscribe to the Athletic, you can get a full subscription. Like I said, at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and that's for a discounted price guys a discounted price for a full subscription to the athletic at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark free agency starts 6 p.m on friday if the wizards make a major move i will do a podcast i am not going to be stupid like i was last time and promise a podcast the night of and then not follow through on that promise so i will say i promise i will try to do a podcast the night of otherwise i'll do it the next day I promise there will eventually be podcasts. We're not this week when it's all crazy and the season is less than two weeks away from happening and free agency is happening and the draft is happening and trades are happening. I am not doing only one podcast a week. I'm going to be doing more than that. So I will be back with something at some point and it'll be soon. And whenever that is, I promise I will have slept between now and then and I will talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.